Welcome to Mood Readers, a book review podcast where three friends conquer their TBR list, eventually. Welcome to Mood Readers. It's Nora, redacted, and I'm here with my friends Jane Austen and Emily Bronte. Tonight, we have not only our first ever guest on the podcast, but none other than bestie of the pod, according to the pod, <laughs> the queen of monster love, author Ashley Bennett. Ashley Bennett's here! Yay! <laughs> Thanks for having me. Ashley, we are so excited and honored to have you as our guest. A little starstruck. Yeah, we are. That's, that's why we're so fidgety over here. Super starstruck. So I was thinking about this episode and kind of reminiscing on our first Instagram DMs and how our beautiful best friendship formed. And then I realized I honestly know like very little about you. So <laughs> what do I need to know? Tell us. Tell us what we need. Well, I've already been introduced, so I don't need to say, oh, hi, I'm Ashley Bennett. (laughs) (laughs) I write cozy, spicy monster romances. I enjoy brown sugar oat milk ice lattes, but I really won't turn down any form of caffeine, like energy drinks, like anything. I will indulge. I like New York style pizza, fall weather. And my favorite place is the Shenandoah Parkway uh, slash the Blue Ridge Mountains. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm one of those people that's like a mountain person as opposed to like a beach person. Yes. Oh, my God. Me too. And I won't give away your location, but I did learn that Ashley lives somewhere where they get actual fall weather. So I'm jealous. What? I'm jealous too. It's beautiful here in the fall, too. Like, the leaves changing color. Oh, I love it. And since we're best friends, she's invited us (laughs) next fall. My gosh. For coffee. Yeah, come over. Bestie, we're coming. We're on the way right now. (laughs) By the time we get there, it will be September. Perfect. I mean, like, a polycon is nearby, so we can always do something like that. That would be fun. There we go. (laughs) cool yeah okay. and you're right emily if we start hiking the appalachian trail right now <laughs> let's do it by fall. first of all nobody will ever see us again because we're really bad at hiking and second well by fall well i'm really bad i'm sorry jane as we all know is a lifelong girl scout i am not so you can leave my body on the trail and then just remember me fondly when you arrive and go to the to the con together it's perfect <laughs> They'll make a podcast episode about it. <laughs> For sure. In memoriam. Contact Crime Junkie <laughs> on it. Great. That's perfect. Ashley, okay, so you know that we are a book review podcast, and it is the solemn sworn duty of book review podcasters to recommend really great books to other people. So my first question for you is, what was your personal last five-star read? Which is a hard question, because I don't give a lot of five stars, but like, what was really? your Really? You're one star? of those people. Oh my gosh. And I am like, <laughs> that hard i just you know not a lot of five stars 
I freely give five stars. Like, if the vibes are there, yeah. five stars. Vibes are important. So I have been reading a lot of craft books lately, but I did start reading Games with the Orc by Catherine Moon, which... Writing you know, it down. A monster, mm-hmm. a monster romance, not surprising. <laughs> write that one down real quick. I'm really enjoying it so far, and from the vibes and knowing Catherine, it is going to be a five star for me. So if you want something that's like cozy and smutty with some of the best writing that there is, like I'm ah. firmly in the camp that Catherine Moon is one of the best authors like out there. Ooh. Oh, this is perfect. <laughs> this is exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, yes. my DMs are always open too. You guys have never read anything by Catherine? No, I don't know. We're we are new to the monster smut genre. So like, she also yeah. writes like she coined the like I don't know I wouldn't say maybe not coined but Sweet Omegaverse like the oh. and the Millionaires <laughs> duet. Oh my gosh, you guys need to read it. It's so good. That sounds like something I would become obsessed with. That's perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. Yeah, this is like a new genre for me personally. And I'm just like going down the Amazon rabbit hole of discovering. And then, you know, some are better than others. So having like a perfect personalized recommendation. And I also like, I just have to recommend kind of the queen of like alien romance or, you know, she's made alien romance more mainstream. If you haven't read Ice Planet Barbarians. Oh, one of our favorites. (laughs) Okay, good. Perfect. I'm obsessed. Perfect. I read four in like two days. <laughs> I just couldn't stop. I've only read up to book four and I haven't read yeah. any of the other side books, but like obviously my, like the people that read my books are also very obsessed with Ruby's books and <laughs> Conky, who does my covers, has also done art for Ruby Dixon. So oh, cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. That makes sense because yes. her covers are beautiful too. Yes. You guys both have stunning covers. Thank you. So Ashley, Emily is like how we as like a podcast got into monster romance. She kind of started dabbling into it. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. I was like, wait, there I've seen these books. It's like a it's like a fitness center, like a gym. And then (laughs) I went down and I hunted where I had seen someone talk about your books. And so I sent them to her and she was like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. And she read them. And then I read them after that. And then we were obsessed with you. And that's how this all came to be. Makes it sound really creepy. Sorry. We're just I'm not sorry about it. I always get this like, oh my gosh, like I have two books out in this series so far, but what if the rest of the books are super disappointing? (laughs) No, (laughs) I highly doubt it. Impossible. You just keep doing what you're doing and it's just working. So (laughs) thank you. All right. So Emily is our gateway drug into monster romance. (laughs) She went first. She recommended to the rest of us. So my question to you is, what was your gateway drug into reading growing up as whenever you discovered reading? Because for us, it was different ages. Mm -hmm. So I've been an active reader my entire life without like tooting my own horn. Like I could read before I went to school and then was in like, like a special reading group where it was like me and another kid that would have to like go meet with like a like a teacher outside of class because we were kind of ahead. So I've been really big on reading. Like I grew up reading Little House on the Prairie and then the series that should not be named where there's magic. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yep. <laughs> so I might have two tattoos related to the series that shall not be named. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just like, that's been so devastating. But yeah, at the mm-hmm. same time, like trans rights are important to me. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So I won some awards in high school for writing. And I had an AP English class where we like really dug into analyzing style. So that's, you know, big on like a big thing for me is like analyzing the style of, you know, authors that I like, and then trying to improve my own writing. So yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. And then when I started reading romance, I was just kind of like, I think that I can do this. So yeah, during COVID, I just tried. That's so oh, cool. I think I like dipped into the second question, the, uh, the next question a little bit. That's okay. <laughs> we can keep going. No, this is an organic conversation. Yes. These questions were not planned. This is just what's <laughs> coming off the top of our heads. We're so brilliant at podcasting <laughs> that we just have this ready. No, I love that you said that because I have a little of that uh, same sort of you know, I need like one person to tell me like, hey, you can probably do this. And then I am an Aries. So I'm like, you know what? I probably could do this. Are you an Aries? I am. (laughs) There's so many fire signs here. I know. Ah, Nora's a Leo. So we got our Pisces friends surrounded. Fine, I just like cool ones. I feel like other than like building or spatial related things, like if it comes to like writing or baking, I'm like I can probably do that. <laughs> but it's like probably do it. I did that with my job. Like I was like <laughs> I'm miserable in my current position, and one person was like, "Oh, I think you could do this other thing," and I immediately applied an interview for it. Like. <laughs> Just, I need one person to believe in me. Yes. And then when you have that one person that believes in you, it's like that changes everything, I feel like. Just that one person who's like, yeah, yeah. So I love that that was what you did. You were like, I can do this. And I did have some author friends like from doing the podcast that were like, sorry, my cat just jumped up on my (laughs) desk with my (laughs) microphone because he's very rude (laughs) I had some author friends that were like yeah I definitely think that you could do it so when you have someone who's an author tell you that you could do it that's like eye-opening too that's true cool that's goals right there I mean I like am like a firm believer that like anybody can do this as long as you follow the steps and have like beta readers and arc readers Mm -hmm. and have a good editor I mean my like first co-authored book I didn't even have an editor so in 2020, you just decided I'm going to go for it. And that's how it happened. I just started writing in my spare time. And then I had an investment property. I was working in radiation oncology as a vet tech. It was really depressing. Yeah, that is really sad. Yeah, I was not a huge fan of it. I had my, you know, I had my daughter. So it's like, I kind of needed something that was a little more flexible. I felt like I wasn't really getting to spend time with her. I'd pick her up from daycare. She'd come home and then it would be like time for bed, which I mean, it's still, she's still in daycare. So I still kind of have that because I need time to write because she's like constantly Mm -hmm. obsessed with me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Four-year-olds. Yeah. (laughs) We sold an investment property and my husband was like, this is when I first had the idea for 
muscles and monsters and he was just like i think that you should go for it so oh i did God. that's awesome i love that <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, he like just always believes in me and, you know, watches me struggle with like working out things with my plot. He's just like, I promise you, you're going to figure it out. And that constant belief in me, like, yeah, just spurred me forward. And I also had some really good friends. I originally pitched the idea for that book to Cleo Evans when I like first came up with it because I wasn't really confident that I would be able to write something on my own and have it be good. And she was like, I think you should just do it. So I did. And it's it wonderful. So <laughs> cute and uh And I think that like I draw a lot of inspiration from like slice of life animes and I try like I guess that's kind of like what I write is like slice of life, like cozy spicy monster romance. Mm -hmm. And I just like I queried with a literary agent the other the other week and I'm trying to like explain like what it is that I write without sounding like a weirdo <laughs> because these are people that mainly work with trad pubs you know people who or people who want to be traditionally published and I'm yeah. like, I'm like hey this main character like tail thumbs <laughs> <laughs> that is the cutest part yeah. though that was my gateway drug that, into yeah. the book. I was going to say, when I was, like, pitching my Monster Smut era, and Jane was like, okay, I mean, I guess. And then I was like, and his tail wags when he sees her because she just makes him so happy. And she was like, oh, that is actually very cute. <laughs> like, Y'all, let, let me give a shout out. Ashley has merch on her website that says, like, thump, thump, thump. Oh, it's so cute. I love that. Thank you. I um I didn't actually think that it would be as popular as it was. I had some people who were alpha reading for me when they got to that part, they absolutely lost it, but I didn't think that it was going to be as well received. And there's still some people like when I post TikToks about like the tail wagging, like you get a lot of bestiality comments. Oh. Like <laughs> Like people like calling me a furry, which I've just kind of accepted that. Like that's just sure. part of my brand <laughs> now. Like, yeah, I'll just take that. But yeah. I did not expect that. <laughs> I can't even explain why, but like that, like, I don't know. I think I could just immediately, like, if my husband was a wolven, his tail would totally wag when he saw me. Oh like, my God. It, it's a total Same. thing. No, I was just going to say, it's just like on Bluey. Oh. <laughs> Also, like love bluey. bluey in our house. Yeah, bluey kind of makes me feel like a bad parent because, like, oh, they're so parents. Yeah, absolutely. Same. Where I'm like, oh, I'm a crappy parent because I'm like on my phone and I'm not playing with my kid. Right. Yeah. Bingo's like the example that we should all strive for. I think it's just you know, as long as we're like kind of there, we don't have to be right on there with Bingo. But just like on Bluey, where they're like, they'll just have, they won't even have to be like shouting or saying verbally, like, I love you or I'm happy. They just kind of like smile and then their tail starts wagging. And you're like, that's joy. It's pure. <laughs> it's just like that, except smuttier. But much, yeah. Much smuttier. <laughs> Yeah, those cartoon covers will really get you. And I was really worried oh. when, like, when I was first doing my branding. I was like, are people going to think that this is, like, YA? But no. And then, it, and then it's, like, that whole cover, like, trend became popular. And, like, Lily mm -hmm. Gold's books came out that were cartoon covers and some other popular people. And I felt a lot better after that. Mm -hmm. The covers are absolutely adorable. and I love them. Fit perfectly. Thank you. So you are, like... I don't want to say new author, like new, new, but you're definitely somebody that was like, you know what? I can do this. I'm going to give it a shot. 
So like in your role now as official published author, what is your, that's intimidating everybody else. What is your <laughs> most interesting like author quirk, like your author trait that the rest of us peasants would not necessarily <laughs> expect? I am pretty much like a one drafter, like the oh. one the one doc that I start is the doc that I work in the entire time. I guess I'm what's known as a bread machine author, I guess. So I'm one of those people that kind of edits as they go. So I can't do like a NaNoWriMo style where it's just like, I'm just going to vomit all of this mm -hmm. content out in a document and that's going to be my draft and then I'm going to work off of that. Like everything has to be pretty perfect from beginning to end the first time that I'm writing it, I guess. So That's like, such I an do... Aries thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, this is, like, what I do at work. Like, I'm not going to redo my work. It's going to be good yeah. the first time. Yes. And, <laughs> and it, like, I, I obviously work with alpha and beta readers, and I have an editor, but it's that one draft, pretty much. And I've found that you know, this is like when I had a demon story that I published in an anthology and I did some stuff where I changed the story and added stuff onto it to expand it. And that just really did not work for me. Mm. I struggled through that entire project. I'm not the happiest about the outcome for the final project, but I've also had a lot of like personal stuff going on at the same time where I've like been trying to work on that. And I just kind of put it out and was like, whatever about it. <laughs> but it's just, this is part of my process. And that's, you know, part of being an author is you have to find what works for you. And that's been my biggest thing is recognizing the fact that I'm not one of those people who's going to be able to write like 10,000 words a day. And my one draft is going to be like the draft. That is really cool to hear because you'll hear like stereotypes about authors or like BuzzFeed's like 28 steps to being a published author or whatever. And it's like, you have to write multiple drafts. And then you're always like, really, though? Do you have to? Like, do you know what you're talking about, BuzzFeed? Not if you're good the first time. <laughs> Not if you're good the first time, man. That's so cool. Too, with, like, the world of indie publishing, I mean, there's there's no one set way that we need to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I can go at my own pace. I don't have a publisher telling me, like, these are the tropes that you need to have. Like, I can just kind of vibe and do what I want. So that's one of the pluses to being self-published is just kind of doing your own thing. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it is. I feel like that comes through in your writing, too, because it's just like, it's joyous reading these it like, is. really cute little... <laughs> Like you said, slice of life, real nasty um, monster books. <laughs> <laughs> nasty in a good way, obviously. Yes, obviously. For sure. I had someone the other day, like, I feel like Tentacles and Triathlons, when you look at that book, I have way more spicy scenes in it. I feel like it's way spicier than the first book. And somebody, I think, rated it two chili peppers the other day. And I was like, Ooh. I was like, how many more spicy scenes do you want in a 48,000 word book? Yeah. Right. And they were so good, too. The spicy scenes were Thank just so, you. like, detailed and just, I mean, I didn't know how many things you could do with tentacles. <laughs> and it was just. That was <laughs> tentacles and triathlons got Nora so worked up about tentacles that when I reviewed the adventures of Amina Al Sarafi and showed the cover with the giant seawater creature with the tentacles grabbing onto the ship, she was like, ooh, tentacles. <laughs> they look pretty. I just want to point out that I was the first monster smut reader, and then Nora was like, okay. And then she <laughs> 
She was like, that's good for you, but that's not really my style. And then she read Tentacles and Triathlons and was like, I'm into Tentacles now. Yeah, I had to find Ashley's books. Those are, I don't know if I'm just like, you know, your everyday monster, you know, romance reader, but like whatever Ashley puts out, it works for me. <laughs> well, Tiffany Roberts also has Kraken books that are oh, like MF yeah. Kraken books. They also wrote the spider romance, like the ensnared book. I just saw that on TikTok today and was like, wow, yeah. I haven't done spiders yet, but maybe I should. <laughs> you should. I mean, that series like has been really well loved and ah. they just did a special edition with Fay Crate that's beautiful. They did a box of my friend April's company, Renegade Romance, where the cover was so cool. So yeah, those are like some pretty popular monster romances, but they're written in third person. So I don't know. Some people are like very anti third person, but I think that that's more like, I think that like their fantasy, you know, style and world building works better for third person yeah i mean so. i i feel like third person if it's done well can be really really good just like any anything else so yeah, yeah maybe I, I need to I explore spiders <laughs> <laughs> all right so ashley when you're writing your perfect draft which i approve of do you ever like find yourself in these moments of like absolute writing's block like nothing's coming to you and if so like how how do you motivate yourself out of that uh, that happens to me frequently because like i said i am like a perfectionist one drafter so if it's like the words aren't coming they're just not coming and that's like I can wake up and kind of know the vibe for the day like if I'm gonna have a good word count day or if I'm not gonna have a good word count day but that could just be a bipolar disorder thing maybe but going for a drive I think helps to quiet the part of my brain that inhibits me from writing and thinking too much about it. So I'll usually go for a drive. There's a park down the street from my house that's really pretty. So I'll drive down there. And usually like once I get there, I can do a couple notes in my phone to like get me going. So then I'll get back home and then I'll be able to write. And then when I said that I worked in radiation oncology, I would do a lot of my writing in the 30 minute time period <laughs> before I went into work. So I'd just like sit in my car and like write on my phone. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Finding so. those like small moments out of your day to like, you know, this is this is what I want to do with my life and I'm going to take advantage of this moment. Yeah. I mean, when you have, you know, a family or just even having a full time job, like finding those moments to write can be really difficult. Everybody has so many responsibilities. It's not like, you know, it's not I feel like it's not like how it was years ago where you'd come home and your work would just end. Like usually like people have yeah. emails or mm -hmm. like you're constantly tethered to your phone. And that's a big inhibitor, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. That actually, there was a while where I was like reading on my phone before I got my Kindle and that was inhibiting my reading because I was getting so distracted by text, email, whatever, you know, so it like blocked my ability to read for a while. And now I'm a big fan of phone in another room for several hours. Yep. <laughs> I'm a phone reader. I don't, I love it. But I love oh the gosh. idea. Yeah. It's, well, it's because I can prop it up on my screen at work and, and like read. And then if somebody comes in my office, I can be like, hey, I'm reading. This is just <laughs> my phone in case it rings. <laughs> and it's, it looks very innocent. But I love the idea of like stealing 30 minutes of your life and then like using it on that. Like instead of having this big grandiose, you have to seal yourself in an attic for 26 days to write, you could be like, well, I mean, I've got half an hour. I can, I can do something. That's so cool. 
I mean, words, I always had this saying with my friends, you know, words are words, like all words are good words. You know, any little bit helps to getting you to that final manuscript. So take whatever time that you can to work on it. So how long does it take you from like start to that final manuscript with all these little bits and pieces of times that that you take? I wrote Muscles and Monsters in like a month. What? Yeah, I, I wrote it in like a month. I had like a very clear idea in my head of the characters and how I wanted it to go. And I was doing a lot of sprinting with my friends. So what that means is we would be in Discord together and we have a sprint bot for Discord. So it'll run for 15 minutes and you and your friends crank out as many words as you can get in 15 minutes. And I'll tell you, like, some of my friends are really, really fast writers, but being the perfectionist that I am, <laughs> I think... I think that like my fastest is probably like 500 and some words. I'm very slow <laughs> compared to <laughs> some of these 800, 900 words and 15 minutes people. But all words are good words and it'll get you towards that finished manuscript. So yeah, it just like flowed out of me in a month. And I remember I had it done early, like before it was time to send it to ARC readers. And I really wanted to just be like, I'm just going to send it now. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I only wanted to do arcs two weeks before the release just because mm -hmm. I think that that helps generate the most buzz. I think if you do it too long before that, especially with indie publishing, people are just kind of like, oh, whatever, by release day. Yeah. So yeah, just a month of... So did you just sit there and you just like <laughs> sat on your book like... Yeah, and just waited. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah. wow, that's impressive. Have messages being like, "Hey, I think I'm just gonna do this," and they were like, "Don't, don't do it. No. Don't do <laughs> it. Like, keep the release date. Don't send the arcs early. Like, just don't do it." But I think that that worked out well because I, you know, was able to post a lot on social media, and that's that's another really interesting thing I think for all of this is that when I first started this like it's been I mean my social media presence I feel like in the last year has really taken off like I never thought I'd be somebody that had like 7,000 people who cared about what mm -hmm. I was doing and I think a big part of that too is just being relatable like I post like a lot of memes to my stories and I'm just like my normal weird self with them and I like respond to people yes <laughs> yeah you, yeah, you do to people works it does yeah. i mean you were just that was you were just so great on instagram and that was i was like okay i'm gonna give this i'm gonna give this girl a shot i haven't read her stuff yet she seems wonderful and then you know your books measured up with your personality so it all worked uh. out and it was great that's so good to know. Yeah, so sitting on it for that time was really, really tough. But I had like a clear, like I said, a clear picture of like the book and the vibe. So like I just tried to have my Instagram like posts catered to that and have like a theme. So I think that that really helped that release. So you had like this really specific vision, you knew where you were going, but where did the inspiration for Leviathan Vitus series come from? It's so like, it's one of those things that's like, it's so unique and so out there. It just like, yeah, are you, are you a gym rat secretly? <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not. I did go through a period where like I did some powerlifting with my husband. Like we had like a setup in our basement, like with like a weight rack, like a squat rack. I wondered when you described the proper way to squat. I was like, <laughs> she has done this. <laughs> 
I have, and like you know, I feel like I'm I'm less fit now than I used to be, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, I, we went through a period of time where my husband, like, and I were doing powerlifting together, and that would be nice to get back to that, actually. But I got the idea for Leviathan Fitness. This is so funny because like, you know, my boss gave me the idea because we were having a conversation because every day before work, she would go to the gym. So fitness was pretty important for her. She was like going to do a triathlon that she didn't give me the idea for TNT. But <laughs> <laughs> I totally had the idea after the fact, but she was telling me that she would go to the gym and like imagine scenarios where the people were in relationships with each other. And I just really ran with that fact. I was like, how cool would it be to have a monster romance centered around a gym? Because like, especially when I had the idea that I wanted to write a wolfman, I was like, a buff wolfman yeah. is like the <laughs> like the dream. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. And if you, like I said, I really like slice of life animes and I had watched Beastars on Netflix and totally fell in love with it. And a lot of Atlas's mannerisms are taken from the main character. Lagoshi in that series Aww. so yeah it was just like I'm just gonna write this and we'll see how it goes and then I started writing a bunch of side characters in the story and I was like oh I can totally make this a series so that's kind of what I've done <laughs> I personally love when side I fall in love with side characters like yes. I'm I'm not here for the main characters I'm a side character gal in stories and so I love when they get their own like what are they up to now what are, what's going on in their lives and that's like something else that I really liked about writing this series too is that I can still have cameos and have time progress for the original couples without oh, nice. having to do like another book for you know for like Atlas and Tegan I mean I will eventually I think do another book for them but I do side stories on my Patreon and stuff just because like I can't just neglect the characters yeah yeah um, <laughs> they're real <laughs> yeah but it's like it's nice to write side characters that just have like a good personality or that get people interested in them that's like I totally didn't intend to write a story for Reese but then I thought like it would be good for him to have some sort of redemption because of how much of an asshole he is in the first book <laughs> and then kind of explain you know how that came about and I didn't intend to ever write a book about a kraken but I thought that tentacles were a really good concept and then, you know, the third book is going to be about Reese and Tegan's mom, which I also didn't intend, but... That's that so cool. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to write, like, an older main character, and then, like, it's not a second chance romance, like, in the traditional oh. sense, but it's like, yeah, you know people who have had partners in the past and then, you know, lost their partner or, like, gotten a divorce, so... Mm -hmm. This is exactly what we have been talking about recently, about the kinds of books that we are all into at the moment. Second chance romance, older characters who have been through some stuff or seen some mm -hmm. things. Like, that is so interesting. I cannot wait to read that. I get tired of reading about people who are, you know, in their early 20s. There's, there's someone, <laughs> That's exactly what I said! Yes, yep. someone who is, like, so far removed from that at this point. Uh -huh. Like, mm -hmm. I just sometimes, like, I don't want, I don't want that. No. 20 year old problems are not the same as 30 year old problems no <laughs> not at all uh, and I just think about like how wild I was in my 20s and now I'm like I just want to be at home 
Yes. And sweatpants all cozied up. Yes. I'm wearing sweatpants. And if we weren't doing this, I would be in bed already. <laughs> I mean, that's a good part about being an author. It's just like, I just wear my pajamas all day. Like, that's my work uniform. I mean, scrubs, that's also like pajamas all day. So it wasn't a huge transition there. But yeah, but it's you get to kind of choose the, the pajamas. Living the dream. <laughs> all right. Down to the real business. Why monsters? So I, like I said, I read Ice Planet Barbarians, and then it's just like something inside of me changed. Um, <laughs> yes, 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 Emily. Emily That's has been preaching this. She was like, I cannot go back to like never going back heteronormative relationships. <laughs> And then I kind of branched out after that. I read A Lady of Rooksgrave Manor. I've talked about Catherine Moon on this podcast already. Mm -hmm. But my love for her knows no bounds. She wrote this amazing monster romance that's kind of centered around like a brothel. And it's a why choose monster romance. (gasps) My favorite. Oh, and then I read the Monstrous series by Lily Maine. Lily Maine? Lily Man? Maine? I always say it Lily Maine, like Gucci Maine. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a series of um, MM monster romances. Lily Maine is one of the sweetest humans around. Super encouraging, very sweet. Her books are amazing. That series, like, also changed something within me. That's where I read about slits for the first time. Like, penis comes out of it. Yep. (laughs) Um, I remember my first slit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that series is also really good. And yeah, I I can't even tell you the last time I read like a contemporary MF romance. Like, yeah, because what's the point? I was about to say, (laughs) Emily can, but just because of how disappointed and they were in their 20s, it was like all bad. (laughs) There were no extra parts. There was nothing interesting about it. It's just, it's I like can never once go back. you go to monster and alien romance, you're yep. like, everything else is just boring after this. 100%. And yeah, that's how it was for me. I mean, I have some contemporary stuff planned for next year. I'm going to write a contemporary sapphic romance. Oh, Ooh. cool. Yeah. I'm really big on representation, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that in terms of women writing romance, sapphic romances are very underrepresented in the romance genre. So I agree. Definitely. Yeah. So I'm 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 gonna try writing some contemporary, which hopefully it shouldn't be that big of a stretch because I feel like what I write is still like contemporary romance. Yeah. Definitely with monsters. Yeah. So. yeah. It's contemporary monsters. In your opinion, what makes a good monster romance? I think that you need to approach it with kind of your own unique take on it because there's so many monsters, like there's only so many monsters you can do that are kind of like the mainstream ones. So you need to have Mm -hmm. something about your characters that's kind of quirky or different. So like with Atlas, obviously, I went with like the tail waggy, ear wiggling, Mm -hmm. like sweet cinnamon roll gym bro that like is a totally different person when it's the full moon. And then with Cyrus, like, I knew that I didn't want him to have, like, a traditional, like, penis. So I went Mm -hmm. with, like, mating tentacles, and I added in, like, the telepathy. Mm -hmm. 
you you just like you have to have something that kind of sets you apart from everyone else and I think that when I first had these ideas the only other person that was writing like cozy monster romance was CM Nascosta and even then I feel like my stuff is slightly different because it's like it does center around the gym it's still a small Mm -hmm. town but like the gym is obviously an important aspect of it so yeah you kind of have to find your own niche that sets you apart from everyone else and with me like I rely so heavily on just the vibes like the feelings of the characters or the way it makes you feel as the reader so that's kind of how it's been going for me (laughs) so those are the things that I would recommend if someone wants to write monster romance which I feel like everybody is jumping on board right now so because it's a good one because it's fun (laughs) everybody should write more okay so I have a question this is very important to me personally this is the question that I was like we have to ask this because like you know as a Bronte I was raised in a parsonage had a very conservative upbringing it's very limited out on the moors so how do you get past any inhibitions to write scenes like your intimate scenes that are that intense so i think that as someone who has mainly been in more vanilla heteronormative relationships or had those experiences, reading and writing romance has allowed me to explore things that I liked or was interested in that I may not have been, you know, as likely to experience in my day to day life without. Mm-hmm know reading about it first or finding that I had that interest right Mm -hmm. it's like a safe space yeah and yeah and I've never really been like a sexually like repressed person where you know I'm planning to raise my daughter in like a sex positive household where it's you know it's not like it's not something we don't talk about Mm -hmm. so I mean I would never I would never allow my parents to read what I write but um, (laughs) I feel like that goes without saying (laughs) yeah But I guess I never really had any inhibitions. The only parts that are kind of important for me are good representation of any kinks that my books might explore. You know, there's there's so many books, I think, that not to target dark romance specifically, but like sometimes things are written in a way that's like unsafe or not healthy. So I try to represent... Yeah, perpetuating negative perceptions. Yeah, yeah, and Um, a lot of questionable consent. mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm obviously big on like we love a consent king. So I don't really have any inhibitions, but you know, I definitely want kink to be represented well, or sexual any sexual interactions need to be consented to and on the healthy side. I feel like you do such a good job of research in your representation because there's a there's a lot of stuff that I you know as a heteronormative person in all my relationships had no idea and it was just really refreshing to read you know particularly with TNT some of this stuff I'd I'd never heard of or thought of it was just so clear that it was so well thought out. And I think that there's also a a lot of discourse in the romance community about women or people who present as women writing MM romance. I try to be really Mm -hmm. sensitive to that when writing it. And then I think that you know what was really big for me was that I had several gay men 
message me after the book was released and tell me how much they loved it. Oh, that's yeah. great. That's wonderful. That to, as an author really meant a lot to me. And I just think that, you know, you need to have sensitivity readers and be sensitive to this sort of thing. And it's important, especially when you're writing experiences that you haven't lived or experienced that you are writing it thoughtfully, I guess. Right? Yes. Being respectful. Yes. And I feel like that comes across very well with your writing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I actually have made one of my really good friends like through like him connecting with me over the book. So that's been really nice. Fun. Very cool. Yeah. These intimate scenes, and they can be very intimate with a lot of moving parts, shall we say. Do you find those difficult to write? Or are, there moving other... parts sometimes. <laughs> or are there other aspects of the of your books that you find maybe more difficult than the good stuff? So I think that the spicy scenes, the hardest thing for me is feeling like there's variation from book to book because like when you write spicy scenes there's only so many words that you can use for mm -hmm. sexual organs mm -hmm. and <laughs> you know there's only so many things that like people say during sex that is realistic right yeah that's a great point. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes, uh, yeah. I, sometimes I've read books where it's like the guy will just like say some like long off the wall stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. I have never had that. I mean, I realized that that part of reading romance is because it's, it's you know, it's it's not, it's a fantasy. It's not really mm -hmm. how, how most of us are in our real life. But I've, I've never been with a partner and had them go on some long like diatribe <laughs> about how I'm never going to take another man ever again or there, there is one very specific dark romance that I read where the male lead would still just like he would just say like paragraphs and they would all be like really well constructed sentences. And it would be in the middle, like in the throes of passion. And I'd be like, who is sentencing at this point? Like how? Quit talking. Quit talking. Just stop. Just focus. Just say, just say good girl. That's fine. Yes. <laughs> focus on the sensations and try to think about what people would actually say. <laughs> I hope I don't get shit for this. <laughs> Listen, who in the You're middle of, of your fun time is not focusing on the sensations? Like, yeah. don't try to have a conversation with me. <laughs> Why is you your know, grammar you know, so good right now? <laughs> a little praise, a little degradation. Yeah. Talk about what's going on and let's just call it a day. <laughs> I think that too that that's a common mistake that like people will think that in order for it to be a good spicy scene that it needs to be like a 10 page long spicy scene but it's it doesn't. Like, I mean if, you get, if it gets you there in the end like what? Right you know? exactly like again not again not in my 20s anymore. <laughs> I was about to say who in their 30s has time for like hour and a half long sessions like time. I'm like I have possibly 15 minutes in between meetings let's go. <laughs> Yes. The hardest scenes for me to write are scenes where the characters are just kissing or putting something <laughs> into a scene because I am like a neurodivergent person with sensory mm -hmm. issues. So like I'm not really like big into like making out. So it's like trying to drive that sensation when you're someone that doesn't like that, like is very difficult for me. So like if like, I'm sure that if you looked, there's, like, scenes in my books where it's just, like, copy-paste because I don't know how to do this. <laughs> so it's like I try. 
just like not there. Oh, once again, making out is something that I did in my 20s and not in my 30s. Amen. <laughs> Same. It was Literally. very important to me when I was 21. It's less important to me now. So, <laughs> cannot uh, tell you the last time that I made out. <laughs> sorry. <Yeah. laughs> it's like, I'm mean, sorry. It's just like if it's like more than like a peck, I'm like, oh, this is just their tongues were tangling. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Their teeth are clashing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smacked into me with such force that our teeth clash. Claiming, <laughs> branding. Yeah, claiming, claiming my mouth. Like, yes. Oh. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, let's, just... let's, let's get to something else here. <laughs> okay, so Ashley, which book of yours is your favorite, including ones that may have not come out yet? triathlons is my current favorite i I feel like people get really disappointed by that (laughs) it's good Um, (laughs) reese and cyrus are just really special to me they have a really beautiful relationship and i do i wrote a lot of myself into both of those characters and i i don't know i just love their story but i think that the next book in the series mantras and minotaurs is going to be my favorite because Uh, i excited (laughs) <laughs> I really love Pam, who's Reese and Tegan's mom, and I love Alistair, and he's just, like, the ultimate, like, people are swoon for Cyrus and Atlas, but I think that he is, like, the ultimate, just, like, he's just amazing. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. Listen. Everybody's really gonna love him. I recently read the Morning Glory Milking Farm book and have recently become acquainted with Minotaurs, so <laughs> I'm very excited about this book. So great. Minotaurs are amazing. So I messaged CM because I was like, I don't want to, like, I wanted to write a Minotaur and I know I wanted him to also be like shaggy. So I messaged and I was like, hey, like, I just want to let you know, like, I want to write this. I just want to make sure it's cool. And CM was so cool about it and was like, I'm not the only one that can write like fuzzy Minotaurs. Like, (laughs) love that. Yeah. So I made some, I made some like changes to mine. So he's more like a cream color, but like, I just like, it was really nice that she was so cool about it so that is very awesome and honestly the universe needs more delightful minotaur smut like (laughs) bring more always (laughs) it's an underrepresented market yes oh for sure at least like attractive ones i feel like so i guess if that so that one's unreleased but so my question was going to be what like unreleased book are you most excited about? So like I know you mentioned you had some more like in the months and years to come. Is there another one that's not in this series that you are super pumped about? And I would just like to say that uh, the cover for Warts and All had me excited. Oh, yeah. That looks so cute. <laughs> yes. uh, I'm so excited for that book. I have like 15,000 words in it. It was supposed to come out at the very, it was supposed to come out last year, but like I had, I didn't expect this series to do as well as it did. So I had to like make some changes, but I'm really excited to get back to that one because the characters and the dynamic are really fun. And I think that the premise in general is different from anything else that's like out there right now when i had the idea to write a book based off of frog and toad i also tried to get someone else to write that book <laughs> i tried to get Catherine moon i was like hey i have this idea for a frog and toad shifter book you should write it and she was like you should write it <laughs> 
So I guess that that's like my thing. I have ideas that are good ones and then try to like pawn it off on somebody else. I love that. You're like, no, but you're the better writer. <laughs> yeah. Like, She's like, no. you're also a writer. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And like Catherine has just been like very encouraging to me. She's just a great person. And I, I really appreciate her friendship. And the same with Cleo, like about telling me to write Leviathan Fitness because mm-hmm. like that I need that Aries confirmation that like I can do I can do these things but I think that people are really gonna like that one I'm yeah. so excited I'm excited yeah Steph who did the cover for that did a really great job oh, and it's so cute I think that we, we might do an enamel pin to go with it but we'll see yeah, what happens. yeah. I have a backpack where I put all my pins <laughs> I really want to do some for the Leviathan Fitness series, too. I think maybe with my new sticker designs I just got, I'll do some. Because, like, the Atlas one is just so cute. The Atlas it really is. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for that one. And I am I struggled with my Regency romance that I'm working on because um, I'm not a big historical romance reader. So that has been a little bit of a struggle. But I'm getting a groove now. So I'm ex- more excited than I was. I was also personally excited for that just because I love a good, not like a necessarily a Regency romance, but like a Regency era book. Yeah. yeah. I read the first one that has come out in that series, mainly because I saw that you were going to be in the series. So I was like, well, I better get started. And it was different. Like, it was very <laughs> good. But like Monsters Plus Regency is it was a little bit of like a culture shock, I guess. So I can see how that would be harder to kind of get into. But I'm very interested to see how the series goes and we'll be following closely. Well, Cleo and I both have crossover because our characters are cousins. So that was that's been really fun to oh, write. That <laughs> is fun. They both get into trouble together. So Oh cute. Oh, that's cute. I love that. Do you have to collaborate with her on like your cousin-y backstory or whatever or their motivations? We're best friends. <laughs> So okay. That, so that really hasn't been hard for us like to collaborate on things. And like I said, a big part of my writing is good kink representation. So Cleo has a lot of experience like in that world. You know, I use her to help me like kind of like beta read my stuff just to make sure that the kink representation is good. So we'll, you know, like beta or alpha read for each other and bounce ideas off of each other, especially like when one of us is stuck with a plot or just motivating each other so that's great yeah so we have like access to each other's regency documents and that's how we kind of like keep things in line so there's like crossover between the scenes from both of the books like from her character's perspective and my character's perspective so that kind of continuity and like in-universe theming that's like that's hard work that's impressive yeah and doing the shared world I'm not sure if I'll do another one because it's been really tough and even I think in our books there's some changes like I'm not trying to give too much away but like my (laughs) characters go to the ball and then it's like oh like you're engaged because I'm not like gonna tolerate you being engaged to this other person because he's like a terrible scoundrel so oh now we love a scoundrel (laughs) (laughs) and I feel like my character is just like the my male character is just like the epitome of like he's like nerdy like wants to be in his workshop like is like a virgin oh so, we love that too yeah, yeah. actually that's the other side of the coin <laughs> i think it's gonna be really good and i the female main character kind of brings him out of his shell a little bit so 
It's been fun so far. Like, I got really excited. I was like, monsters and romance and historical. <laughs> it's all my favorite things. When the person who's organizing it, D, um, her book is the second book. When she pitched this, I was like, oh, absolutely. I want to write that. I mean, I've never mm-hmm. done it before, but I'm sure that I can do it. <laughs> Luckily, I have some very dedicated alpha and beta readers who are, you know, historical romance lovers that are able to assist me because just like researching the clothing has been such a big big thing. Uh, The type of vehicles, like, do you know how many types of carriages there are? There's a lot. (laughs) Horse breeds. I never thought I would be looking up horse breeds, but here we are. Yeah, I I would never know. I don't know if I've ever read have i read a historical romance probably at some point but not many not many at all this is the one for me i tried to read some regency romance that had zero monsters in it back in the day and based on a popular tv show and it just i couldn't i just couldn't but when you throw in a monster then you have my attention (laughs) throw in multiple monsters I also read that first book based (laughs) off that popular Netflix show. And I was, I'm here for the Netflix show. I I hate to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't read the books, but I enjoyed the Netflix show. That's why I agreed to do this. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's me too. I can't wait until Shonda Rhimes is like, next up, Leviathan Fitness. Yes. (laughs) Producing. (laughs) The works of Ashley Bennett. Maybe one day. Hear it here first. It's going to happen. We're (laughs) manifesting that. Shondaland. Yeah, we're putting it into the universe. Love it. Next up, we'll start casting who's going to play Cyrus. So, Do you have any Henry Cavill-based characters? Could you have any Henry Cavill-based characters? So I have this whole, like... So I feel like Leviathan, like the first Leviathan fitness book is kind of like my Beastars fanfic, right? So I had this whole Henry Cavill fanfic idea where it's like the female main character is an author and she wants this guy based off of Henry Cavill to be the male main character in the film adaptation of her novel. But his manager is like, no, no, he doesn't want to do it. But then he finds out that the manager just said no, and he's a huge fan of the books. And then he, like, wants to ask her to dinner. And then they, like, go to dinner. And then it, like, becomes a thing. (laughs) Anyway, that's my my Henry Cavill-based book. It's not not a self-insert, but... (laughs) And could... Like, if he wasn't with whoever he's with now, could happen in real life because he's a super nerd. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, we have written an audio letter to Henry Cavill, which he has not (laughs) responded to yet, letting him know that even though he was mistreated by DC and The Witcher, like, the romance community is here for him. Mm -hmm. We are ready. We will support him to the end. Anything he does, we'll be there. We'll be there. We'll be there. We gotta be there. (laughs) I mean... Pretty much any Several like times. male main character with like a nice defined jaw, like I uh-huh. just it's Henry Cavill. Yeah, <laughs> like, that is literally what Emily is like. <laughs> what a defined jaw? Who is oh, that? Is, is it Henry Cavill? Yeah, with a little butt chin. Like, yes. Oh. <laughs> He's Does he have so a shark profile. Done. Oh my gosh! In The Witcher, all he does is like grunt and grunt. like snarl, oh, and I'm like, please, oh, please. Oh, yes. yeah. 
Yeah, you should write that. We would read it. <laughs> we would. You amazing. should write it as fanfic and just yeah. send it to us, straight to us. We'll read it. <laughs> Maybe I will. I'll just like start writing it on AO3 or something. But that's Perfect. like, that's the thing. I feel like I, I'll get these ideas for like, oh, this is just going to be like a fun little side project thing. And then the next thing I know, it like turns into a full blown project because that's what happened with Mantras and Minotaurs is I started writing like, it was just going to be a little piece for an anthology and they were just going to have a one night stand and that's all it was going to be but then the next thing I know I'm like 20,000 words deep into this thing and Cleo is like this is really good like you shouldn't just give this away for free <laughs> so and then that happens well we're we're here for all of it I appreciate that guys and yeah maybe maybe my fic will come to fruition we'll see mm-hmm. We're putting that out there too. Ashley, it has been so much fun having you and really, you know, cementing this best friendship. We manifested. <laughs> we manifested it. <laughs> it happened. And, you know, besties for the resties from now on. Yes. Mood readers, if you haven't already checked out the amazing monster romances written by the lovely Ashley Bennett, you need to go do it right now. Ashley, where can listeners find you across all your social medias? And where can they find your books? All right. So my books are on Amazon. They're available on Kindle Unlimited. I am also about to have my first audiobook come out on the 28th. You can listen to Atlas's tail wagging and audio. Oh Yay. But yeah, just Amazon. I'm at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. And you can find me on social media. My Instagram handle is at Ashley Bennett author. That's where I'm the most active. So that's where I would try to find me. I also have a reader group on Facebook and you just search Ashley Bennett's reader group. But yeah, slide all up in my DMs. I love to be friendly. We can vouch for that. Yes, we can (laughs) vouch for that. I have had so much fun. I know you guys have too. So enjoy, Mood Reader. See you next time and happy reading. Jane, Emily, and Nora would like to thank Benji for the theme music. Follow at Mood Readers Podcast on Instagram and let us know if you've read any of the books we covered. We'll talk to you again at the next book club.